Welcome to A Life Invested, a podcast dedicated to helping you create the lifestyle of your dreams by investing in people, assets, and yourself. I'm your host, Roger Comstock. All right, my friends, welcome back to A Life Invested. I am super, super grateful to have just an exceptional person on the show today. She's actually um, my sweetheart's sister. Um, her name is Annalise Broadbent, and she has done some truly incredible things in her life. Uh, she's someone that um, has really mastered mindset and has coached people in uh, learning how to kind of optimize their lives through controlling their minds and believing in all they have to accomplish and helping them reach their potentials. And so I love the mission that she's on and what she's doing. Um, just a quick little intro for Annalise and what she's about. She lives in Temple, Texas, and she's married to a resident doctor. Um, she's the mom of three amazing kids. Uh, she's also a spin instructor and a mindset coach. Her goal is to help empower others through thought work. Annalise hopes to change lives through changing minds. And I can say right now, uh, I know Annalise personally, she is um, just as good as they come. She has a heart of gold and she's already changing tons of people's lives with the way that she chooses to help others and to serve and to give back. Uh, through helping them change the way they think and uh, help them adjust their paradigms. And so I'm really, really grateful to have her on the show today. Welcome, Annalise. Oh, you are just the best, Roger. Thank you so much. I am pumped to be here. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> well, glad glad you're here. First and foremost, before we get uh, into some of these questions, if people want to learn more about you and what you do and what you're, what you're about, where do they go? Yeah, so I just started my Instagram. You can find me at coach.annalise, A-N-E-L-I-S-E. -E. Um, also, for all of you $0 member crew, we are going to be um, starting December 1st. You will have access to me as well. So that's going to be so fun that I'll be able to work with some of you guys um, that listen to the podcast that's part of the crew. So you will be able to find me starting December 1st. And yeah, or just follow me on at Coach Annalise. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a huge uh, opportunity for us at Zero Dollar Startup. We um, brought Annalise on, and I couldn't be more thankful to have someone as good as her at what she does, um, helping students in the program to find success and to hit their goals and achieve their potential. So it's a huge, huge opportunity for us to have her on board. Um, what got you into what you're doing, Annalise, and, and why? Oh, yes. So I feel like it's kind of been a journey to get to where I am right now. So I've always loved self-development books, podcasts. Um, kind of what started it all, though, was a couple years ago, I found a girl named Jody Moore. She, at the time, was Bold New Mom. And her work just, it was amazing. And it really started to change my life. So that was kind of the start of my life coaching um, journey. But I think what really was like a transformational moment for me that um, that helped me to want to become a coach and help others was during my husband's second year in medical school. So his second year of medical school, we had just had our second baby. And I was really struggling. I was dealing with some postpartum depression and um, I had just kind of let myself slip down into a, um, a sad place. And I was feeling like a, a victim in my own life. And 
some of the thoughts that were, you know, swirling in my head was, you know, my husband is gone all the time. I, um, we have no money. You know, we were caught like in college living on student loans. Um, I, you know, was feeling, you know, out of shape and we had just moved into a new apartment and I was feeling like I didn't have any friends in my new place. And so I just, I was in a sad place and, um, and yeah, like just feeling like a victim in my own life. And I feel like I'm a pretty self-aware person and I didn't want to, to stay there. I didn't like feeling like this. And so I was trying to get out of this little hole and, um, doing all the things that I, um, you know, thought that would help. And really what was like a, a game changing moment for me was I picked up the book can't hurt me by David Goggins. And it is, it is a good book. And it like literally changed my life in that moment where, you know, David Goggins just has a mindset that is of steel. Like he grew up with an abusive father and was able to overcome so much to, you know, now he is, he's held their world record or he did at one point for push-ups and for like, he's ran several ultra marathons and he just has gotten comfortable with the uncomfortable and has really put aside all of his limiting beliefs that he had in his life and has just succeeded in so many different aspects. And so one of his challenges in his book was he looked himself in the mirror and just like took ownership of everything in his life. And so I, I remember doing that. I went and like stood in front of the mirror and just started taking ownership of everything in my life. And, you know, my husband and I, like, we both decided to go down the medical school journey. Like I was part of that decision. I, I took ownership in the fact that like, I chose to stay at home with my kids and not go work while he was in med school, I decided to have my kids and I decided to move into the student housing and the basement apartment that we were moving, that we were living in. And I decided to not work out during my pregnancy. And I decided to, um, to not like schedule things with friends or go to things with friends. And so I really just took all of the things in my life and just took ownership of them. And as soon as I did that, I noticed that I was able to then, if I got myself to where I am right now, then that means that I can get myself out of where I am right now. I can make changes in my life that are going to get me the results that I'm wanting. And one of the things that I did when I finished his book is I immediately signed up for a marathon. And prior to, you know, reading his book, I, I think I had ran one other race where I, you know, the max I had ran was like 11 miles. And, um, so I had never ran 26 miles before, but I wanted something that was going to challenge my body. That was going to challenge my mind to, um, make it so that I was going to just do something super hard where I would want to quit. And I would want to be just utterly exhausted, utterly just ready to quit. And then choose in my mind to keep going and to keep pursuing my goal. And, um, anyways, during those training, like training for my marathon, running my marathon, that was all just training ground for my mind. It wasn't even training, you know, to be in physical shape. It was more just like, 
I want to prove to my mind that I can do whatever I put my mind to. And that's what my race became to me every Saturday. Like I was up in the morning running my race. I remember running my half marathon, like in the middle of the training, I ran a half and thinking like, how in the heck am I going to double this? You know, like I, I've already ran so much now I'm supposed to go and double this, but I just told myself like, you can do it. And so the next week got up and I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to run 14 miles. Like I was wasted at 13, but I'm going to do it. And I, and that was my mindset. I was like, I'm going to do this no matter what. And, um, and something happened during that time. Like I just like shifted in my mind where, um, I just realized like I'm holding my be- myself back so much and there's so much more that I am capable of. And it really is just my mind, my mind over my body. And, um, so yeah, I feel like after I ran my marathon, I discovered that within myself and I just want to share that with others. I want to help others to discover that with themselves as well, that they are capable of so much more than they even believe. And, and I think our thoughts are so, so important in helping us to achieve that. I absolutely love every single thing that you said. I want to talk about a couple things. I was taking notes over here. Every, <laughs> every single uh, principle that you've highlighted is really, really important for individuals to not just uh, you know listen to and say, hey, that's a good idea, but to actually internalize, right? To move from their mind down into their heart, into every piece of who they are so that they can really you know, hit, hit their goals and achieve their potential and move forward in life. Because individuals, one thing that I love about what I do, and I'm sure you love this about what you do too, is I just love people. Um, I just feel so thankful to get to know people. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a huge, huge blessing just to be around other human beings that are trying their best, right? And one of the things that I appreciated so much about what you did uh, and what you just explained is you were very vulnerable, right, with the audience and helping people understand that life is not always uh, easy, right? It's, it's, it's challenging. There's there's tough things that we go through. Um, it's, it's not always... Uh, happy and sunshine and rainbows. We go through valleys in our lives that are dark and it's so nice to be able to understand that other people have been there and that we can rely on 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 other people too and that we can use other people's example when we're struggling to be able to kind of look at and move towards. Um, you used Can't Hurt Me as an example. It is an exceptional book, um, absolutely exceptional book. Dave Goggins is uh, really, in my mind, he's a bit of a superhuman um, referring to what you were talking about really quick, I wanted to um, talk about some of these statistics of um, Goggins and what he's done. So the, the initial uh, uh, record for pull-ups, it was 4,020 in a 24-hour period, which is just, it, that's, un, that's unbelievable. It, it seems um, imp- impossible, right? And just to be sure that he beat it, uh, he, he did 4,030 uh, pull-ups in a uh, in a th- that period of time which is incredible and he has something called um he has something called the 40 percent rule and i i love that most people when they they feel like they're done they just feel like they can't give any more um he says you still have 60 percent left in the tank which i think is an incredible thing and I've, I've used that at the gym right there's times when i feel like i'm just about ready to kill over and die you know, and it's just like, no, I've got more in the, in the tank. I can do some more. Um, and so I really, really love what you've said. I just want to say 
how grateful I am that you shared those things with uh, the audience um, because I'm sure everyone can relate to, to what you've, you've explained here. So thank you. People need to learn and understand what they have the ability to accomplish. And I love that your mission is to help them do that, to build their mental muscles, you know, to, to be able to become their best selves. What, what do you think the most important lesson you've learned in your career as a, as a coach is, Annalise? Yeah, it really is just all about your thoughts, like the awareness of your thoughts. And um, Jody Moore, like I've learned from her, just the model that Brooke Castillo at the life coaching school that she has taught. And um, for anyone that's not aware of the model, so real quick, I'll just kind of go over what the model is, is Um, So it starts with circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, results, and um, circumstances are always, it's the facts, you know, you can prove it in a court of law, they're neutral. We go from circumstances to your thoughts, like your thoughts about whatever circumstance, and you can have lots of different thoughts. Um, Usually we like to focus on one thought in in specific, and from that thought, it that thought then creates a feeling. You will feel the feeling um, from thinking that thought and that feeling will drive you into an action and that action will then create a result in your life. And so, um, so really understanding and being aware of the thoughts that are happening in my life has been a big game changer. And, and that is what the work is about is, is thought work. Um, You know, I can give a quick example of, you know, how you would apply the model maybe in, in a situation. So say, you know, next family vacation, we're all going to Disneyland and, you know, we're all at Disneyland. You have the thought like, so circumstance would be, you know, day at Disneyland, we're at Disneyland. Your thought could be, this is the most magical place on earth. So that's your thought. When you think that thought, that's going to create a feeling within you and that feeling so you could think that and you could feel excited like you're feeling pumped for Disney and then as a feeling you're gonna act a certain way when you're feeling pumped and you're feeling excited you're gonna do things that are you know you're gonna maybe be running around to all the different rides like ready to party and as a result like you have the best day at Disney um I could come along have you know same situation same family gathering at Disneyland Uh, my thought is, oh, I hate waiting in these long lines. And when I have that thought, like I hate waiting in these long lines, whenever I think that thought, the feeling inside me, I feel annoyed. Like I'm so annoyed right now that I'm waiting in this line. (laughs) And then as a action, like I'm tapping my foot, I'm on my phone, like just whatever. And as a result, like I maybe didn't enjoy Disney as much. Um, and when we do this thought work, there's no judgment and like no right or wrong way. Like if you want to, if you want to think that you don't like standing in long lines, like that's fine. Like that could maybe serve you so that you don't spend money going to Disney again. Um, but maybe if that thought is driving you and you want to enjoy Disney, like maybe there's other thoughts of like, okay, how could we make this fun that we could introduce into our minds to get us a different result? that we, um, that we are wanting to get in our life. So, so yeah, so I feel like the model thought work has been one of the most important factors for this. 
I love that. I'm so sorry I was taking notes and something popped up on my computer. Um, I, I love what you just shared, Annalise. Thank you very, very much. It, uh, what I was looking up while you were talking was actually an experiment that was uh, done with rice. Uh, that is affected. Uh, it, it really helps illustrate some of the things that you've explained about how powerful are. I love you. You talked about circumstances, this model. Circumstances lead to thoughts, which lead to actions, which then lead to a particular result, right? Um, and I, I like that a lot because we e essentially get to control the outcome. Um, I love that, you know, somebody within a certain circumstance, when you're standing in line at Disneyland, you can choose to adjust your thought patterns, which can change the result. And our thoughts really allow us to become who we want to become. And it's, I think people have the ability to master their minds. And by mastering their minds, they then can accomplish some exceptional things. Individuals can do what really whatever they want. I love that about life. A human being can do anything they put their mind to but they have to be willing to put in the work to master their mind and, and really i love that model um i actually wasn't familiar with that from jody moore it sounds like it's very very useful um i like that this this experiment that kind of helps illustrate what you just taught everyone here was done by a uh, really really interesting um scientist or, or, or kind of individual who studied thoughts and and words and the results of these things. Uh, his name was Dr. Masaru Emoto. And it was interesting. He did, uh, he did an experiment with, with rice. And with the rice, essentially what he did is he set up uh, three different cups in, uh, of rice. And maybe listeners have heard this and maybe they haven't. And so if you haven't, I hope it's something that is meaningful. But it, essentially, he told one of the cups of rice in the beginning, he said, I love you to that, that cup of rice every single day. Um, and I love that what you had explained, thoughts kind of relate to actions, which relate to results. And I would say thoughts also lead people to a particular, I guess actions would be words, right? Uh, because what we say has a major effect. The way that we're thinking has a major effect on an outcome. And so he said, I love you to this rice every single day uh, for like 30 days. And then one of the one of the cups of rice, he had said, um, he said, you're an idiot to this, <laughs> this cup of rice every single day for 30 days. And... Uh, it was interesting because at the end of this 30-day period, um, well, and he had one more. He had one more cup of rice that he just completely ignored, didn't say anything to. And uh, the the rice that he didn't say anything to, just completely neglected, looked, it was nasty. It smelled bad. It turned black. It was really, really gross. Um, the, the rice that he had, and this is an actual experiment. It's super cool. Um, and the rice that he had said, you're an idiot to, um, actually... Well, it, it was it was black and nasty, not as bad as the one that was completely neglected, which is an interesting thing. Um, and the one that he had said, I love you to uh, for 30 days straight was beautiful. It was white and it smelled amazing. <laughs> and so it's very, very interesting to your point, kind of what these circumstances, uh, you know, that we experience in life and how we uh, when we're in a particular circumstance, how we choose to think about it and how we choose to react to that circumstance plays a major result uh, in, in the outcome, right? And I, and I love that. For sure. I would agree 100%. I love that experiment. It's it's amazing. I love it. It really is. Well, thank, thank you so much. Um, you're someone I want to say, uh, you know, you've, you've really, uh, you're, you're very, very good at the things that you teach. And I think that's probably why individuals that are learning from you are uh, 
they're able to recognize how authentic and genuine you are and they want to follow you, right? Which is really, really good because you practice these things that you you teach other people. Um, I want to ask you, if you were going to write a book, what would the book be about? Mm. I feel like the book would be about finding joy in your life through your thoughts. Um, I feel like I have just found you know, we think so often that, um, you know, I need all my circumstances to change. I need to have a ton more money. I need to have a better house. I need to have better friends. I need to have all these things for me to be happy or I need to lose the weight. Um, but I have truly found joy in, in what is and, um, and finding the joy throughout the journey. And, I still set big goals and I, and I like to achieve and, and do different things, but I, I can find joy in the moment of, even if I am overweight, I can still find joy and happiness. Like I don't have to wait till I lose the weight to be happy and to, um, to enjoy my life. And I, I really, that would probably be what my book is about is just finding joy throughout life, finding it through your thought work and, Um, I, yeah, if I, if you just walk away with one thing from this podcast, it's just start being aware of your thoughts. Our thoughts are everything. And, you know, so often they just run wild in our head and we just take whatever's in there as truth, but, um, start questioning, like, is this true? Like, is it true that I can't do that? And, um, anyways, that, yeah, that would be what my book would be about. I, uh, man, I really, really appreciate that. That would be an exceptional book and I would be one of the very first people to purchase it. Um, I think, uh, our, our patterns of thought have an actual, um, a major, major effect on our realities, right? So, and people don't, it almost sounds a bit like, um, metaphysical to a lot of individuals. They don't, or or like sci-fi, right? Like what you're thinking about actually plays a major role into what you experience, Mm -hmm. what you realize. And what I have come to absolutely not only believe, but just just I know that it's the case. What we what we think about, we can actually bring into reality. What we're focusing on, um, and that's where I've, if people haven't read the book "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill, they should because it really helps illustrate what you're explaining here. Another great book I would recommend to listeners, based off of what you just taught and explained to people, is the book "As a Man Thinketh" by James Allen. And I I tend to ask most of my guests guests this question, and maybe I'll ask it to you right now because I feel like it's it's a good time. Um, to chat about this, but uh, James Allen is an incredible person. And by the way, somebody that, that wants to read the book, they can get through the entire thing in 30 minutes on Audible if they listen to it at 2x <laughs> speed, which is great. So it's a quick it's a quick read. Uh, but one of the things he teaches people is that their, their mind is so powerful, right? Yeah. It is so powerful and people don't understand how powerful their mind is. And we have to be careful about what we bring into our mind and what we choose to ruminate on and focus on. And one of the things he says, he says, your mind is a garden. He says, your, your thoughts are the seeds. He says, you can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Um, I really love this quote um, because I, I feel like uh, when we focus on making our minds a beautiful thing by, you know, um, nurturing them with good things, with, 
you know, positive ideas. So many people today feel like the world is a bad place. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I literally, I'm, th- I'm listening to people going, you're kidding me. The world is the most incredible place in ever. There's never been a better time to live on the earth. There's never been as many opportunities as there are now. It's crazy. Alphabet, the parent company of Google, doubled their market capitalization during COVID. Doubled. They were already one of the largest companies in the entire world, and they doubled um, during a time when most other people were saying this is really, really hard, and it's just the worst thing ever, and there are so many opportunities. So I'd love to hear you kind of speak on that and what uh, you've done in your life to um, you know, plant more flowers in your mind than weeds. Yeah, I, I love that quote too, Raj. I think it's it's beautiful and amazing. And one of the things that I, I try to do is affirmations every morning, just plant like I love that. planting those affirmations into my mind so that already I'm beginning the day with an energy shift of love and of joy and of kindness. And um yeah, if you don't have an affirmation list, you can just like Google affirmation list and just start there, you know, start with something simple. Like I, I am worthy. I am lovable. I am attracting good things into my life. When you have those thoughts, like I, like you were saying earlier, I believe 1000% that you are going to attract those things into your life. Um, super attractor by Gabby Bernstein. That's one of, um, one of the books that I love. And she talks a lot about that too, about attracting those good things into your life and allowing yourself to feel good and to have, um, like she has an affirmation list too, that I, I will read hers sometimes in the morning. And I feel that noticeable energy shift for the rest of my day. Um, something that I thought was interesting too, when you were talking, so there's a book called the four agreements and one of the stories that he tells in that, that book is just like the power of your word. And I think like you were saying earlier, your word is also, you know, thoughts, word, they're similar. Um, but there was a mom who had told her child, the child loved to sing, you know, loved to sing around the house. And there was just one day the mom was so mad and anxious about things that were going on in her life. And she told the child, like, stop singing. You have a terrible voice and told that to the child. And from that day on, the child, that thought was planted into the child's mind and did not sing again for, I don't know how long, but that became a thought that was planted and became a weed. And so, yeah, you, you have to be careful with the thoughts that you allow to, um, to stay in your mind. And also the words that you speak to the words that you plant and thoughts that you plant into other people's minds as well. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was a powerful example from the four agreements of just the power of your thought and of your word. I I really appreciate that, Annalise. Thank you so much. Um, both books that you referenced are incredible reads for listeners. Uh, the first one was Super Attractor by Gabby Bernstein. A really, really good book. Um, she's, she's somebody that kind of... Uh, she has a really, really cool belief system. I love listening to people with different belief systems than my own. It's one of my favorite things in the entire world. I love how different people are. Um, and I think it's what makes the world such a beautiful place. And so I, that book is wonderful. I've read that book in The Four Agreements. I've also read, and it is also an exceptional book. And I would highly, highly recommend it. Um, and for those people that uh, don't know Annalise, um, she, it, again, she practices what she teaches. And so I would encourage you to reach out to her right on Instagram. Again, her Instagram handle is 
coach.analise, and Annalise is spelled A-N-E-L-I-S-E. So coach.analise is her handle, um, and she is really good at this stuff. And so if you want to learn more about kind of what she does and, and, and who she is, go follow her. Uh, she's, she's wonderful. Um, so I want to ask you this. This is one of my favorite questions. I think it's, it's, it's fun to talk about, and it's always interesting to hear from people. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they've impacted you. Man, this, I'll have to think. So, um, on like a life coaching sense, Jody Moore for sure has been one of the most influential people. Um, just her work every week. There's been weeks where, you know, I'm struggling with something and I would turn on one of her podcasts and it felt like her podcast was directly at me. Like she received some inspiration that was like, this is what you need to speak on because Annalise needs to hear this message. And so for sure, um, Jody Moore, um, I would also say, I mean, obviously like my parents, my parents are the most amazing. I feel so, so grateful and so, so blessed to have been raised the way I have been raised. Um, you know, my dad loves self-help books and his example of self-help and my mom's example of serving, um, both of those things have just changed, um, me as a person. Um, and then as a third one, I would say my husband, like he has believed in me and has helped me to um, just lay down all those limiting beliefs. Like anytime I ask him, like, do you think I could do this? He's like, for sure you can do this. And he has helped me to grow in so many different ways. And I just feel so, so blessed that he's my husband and he sees in me sometimes what I don't even see in me. And um, so yeah, I feel like there's so many people though. There's so many people that have changed my life and are gifts in my life, but off the top of my head, those, those are three that have changed, you know, who I am and, um, and have helped shape me to be me. I love that. I absolutely love that. So number one, we had Jody Moore, uh, which is great. I don't follow Jody a whole lot, but it sounds like, uh, Man, a lot of people rant and rave about her. She seems like a, an exceptional person. So maybe I need to listen to a little bit more of uh, Jody Moore's stuff. Your your mom and your dad, and I can attest to that too. Your mom is uh, one of the best examples of giving in service. She's constantly giving to people, which is just amazing. And your dad is just, man, full of goodness. <laughs> and your hubby is the man, which I think is great. I think uh, at least your your mom, your dad, and and uh, your husband have all influenced me as well. And they're they're great yeah. people. Which is great, um, and I would say the same thing. My sweetheart, uh, Kayla, she she's a huge, huge influence in my life. What a huge uh, opportunity it is to be be married to good people, um, and she's just a light uh, to everyone who knows her. And so I just feel so thankful to have to have someone like her in my life. Um, uh, excuse me, it almost chokes me up just a tiny bit. Uh, <laughs> she's a, she's a wonderful person, but um, uh, uh, excuse. Uh, so tell tell me real quick here. Um, what book um, are you currently reading, uh, and what are you learning? I think last time we talked, you were you were uh, reading the Ten X Rule. Is that right? Yes, it was so good. I I read that in like a couple of days. Like there was one day I so just good. like it was so good. 
so many good thoughts that um, I think this is what I love about books is he, you know, if I want to be a billionaire, like you got to think like a billionaire. And he had so many different thoughts that I didn't view, you know, success. Like for instance, he said, success is your duty. I never viewed success as my duty, but reading that book, it was like, oh, like, I agree with that. Like, I'm going to implement that thought into my life because I do. I think that success is my duty. Like, I owe it to my kids and my family to be successful. So, yeah, I loved the 10x rule. That was life-changing. Right now, I'm currently reading Byron Katie's book called Loving What Is. And I believe that this book was one that Brooke Castillo used to come up with the model. And it is so good. It's just all about the awareness of your thoughts. She asks four different questions, just, you know, about your thoughts and doing that thought work of like, is, are your thoughts true and helping people to see how, um, all of the circumstances outside of you aren't what's creating your suffering. It's you that's creating your suffering and, and then being able to be the one to relieve that suffering as well. And so, it's been a super fun book. I I've loved every second. I'm still, I'm only like the beginning. So I still have a lot to learn from her, but loving what is by Byron Katie. It's, it's awesome. Really good. I, I, uh, I love that. That's not a book I've read. So it sounds like a good one. Um, one of the things I, I, I feel is so important for people to focus on in their life is to actually challenge thoughts that have been kind of deeply embedded into who, they are uh, so that they can break out of particular, you know, patterns or habits that they have. And one of those things that people may not recognize, and, and I, I love uh, what, what you teach people because individuals need to understand that they have the ability to change their trajectories, right? And that comes from getting really, really granular and intentional about what they want in their life. So a lot of people, if you were to ask them, it's like, hey, what do you want in five years? Right? What do you want in 10 years? People say, I, you know, I don't know. I want to be successful. I want to, you know, I want to have more time with my family. And it's like, okay, but how? What are you going to do? Right? Because there has to be a pathway to get to that point. Um, Alice, I love it in, you know, uh, Alice in Wonderland goes to the Cheshire Cat. And the Cheshire Cat says, Alice, where are you headed? You know, and Alice basically says, well, I don't really know. And the cat says, well, then it doesn't really matter which, which road you take. And so one of the things I feel like is so important for people to understand, and some of these, I'll give a couple example of, uh, examples of thought patterns that need to be just shattered in people's minds. One of them is around uh, money, right? A lot of people believe and have this really, really uh, unfortunate belief system that basically speaks to their minds that money is a bad thing or it's not good to make a lot of money, or that money is the root of all evil. And that's not true. Money is nothing more than a magnifying glass, right? And what it does is it allows us to be able to help other people, to make their lives easier, to serve, to give back, to make a dent in the world, to be able to change people's lives. And when people change their paradigm about something like money and readjust kind of their trajectory in regards to what they want to be doing with it, they can do amazing things, right? Um, I'm currently, I have affirmations on my phone um, right now, and I have them on my phone every single day. I love that you read affirmations um, and that you have those w with your kids. Um, I've seen that, you know, on Instagram where you are, you know, repeating really positive things to people, and I think that's amazing. Um, affirmations can be goals that you're reaching for, things that you're telling your mind, hey, we are going to be at this place. Um, 
right now for a long time, I wanted to make a hundred grand in a month. And we, I, I blew that out of the water just a little bit ago, which was so fun. It was a big goal. And now I have a new goal. It's I, I, on my, on my phone I have, because we, we can subconsciously program our minds, right? And so I have, I make $250,000 per month and we should, hit that real soon, which is amazing. I have, I'm a loving husband and father. I bench press 315 pounds consistently. I maintain 9% to 11% body fat and I own 1000 doors in real estate. And the reason I have those things there is because an individual's mind is something that is just a supercomputer that has the ability to be programmed and to become whatever someone teaches it to become. And that's why I love so much. Um, what you're doing, Annalise. I think it's great because an individual needs to know, right? And this 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 gets me a, a bit, it makes me, I want people to understand how good they are, how much value they have, how special they are. I want them to be able to reach their potential and to understand what that potential is, right? And that's another big, so money was one thing. And, and some people be like, holy cow, 100 grand a month, that sounds like a lot, but no right? It's anyone can do it. Literally anyone. It's just a mindset shift. And I remember people used to tell me things like that before. And I'm like, oh, dude, no, there's no way, right? That's, it's, it's, it's just simply changing the way that you think, right? And, and uh, getting real intentional about what you want. And so the other, the other belief system that people need to shatter in their mind is what they have the ability to accomplish, right? Because a lot of times people look at individuals like, Phil Knight or Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos or um, Mark Zuckerberg, right? Or any of these people, they think I could never be like them. That alone is a terrible thing to tell themselves, right? They can be them. <laughs> they're not, those people are nothing, they're nothing special, right? Like the founder of Nike, he just, he sold his car for 1500 bucks and he bought shoes, borrowing money from his dad. I mean, socked them away in his parents' basement and he sold them at high school track meets, you know? And so... I just love everything. I went on a little tangent here based off of what you said. I love what you said because I just want people to know so bad. Like in every little piece of me, I want people to know that they can do just amazing things. That money is a good thing. Reaching your potential and setting crazy goals. There's a great book I'd recommend to listeners right now to go pick it up. That'll be one of the best reads that you can you can read. It's, it's a book uh, by a guy named David Schwartz and it's called The Magic of Thinking Big. And uh, an individual who I love and look up to very, very much, he taught me the three governing principles of my life right now. They've changed my life completely. And he said, number one, keep it simple, right? Human beings psychologically tend to overcomplicate things. We love to, we love to find complexity. <laughs> and it's just a funny thing. When it's, it's so much more simple. Um, and then he said, so keep it simple. Number two, he said, be excellent in the basics, which I think is just an amazing idea. Just get really, really good at the things that matter most. And that plays a big difference. Um, it makes a big difference, excuse me. And number three, which is one of my very, very favorites, he said, elevate your sights, right? So keep it simple, be excellent in the basics and elevate your sights. And that, those, those three things have absolutely just changed my life. Um, so I, I just appreciate so much, again, what you do and what you share. I wanna ask you a couple more questions if that's okay. Um, yeah, real quick. I love, Please. love, love, love everything that you just said. And a um, couple of things that I just wanted to add to. I love that 
you have your goals written out as an affirmation. That was one thing that I love, like in 10X that Grant Cardone had that he's, he had, I have perfect health. Like it's, that is his goal. And that was what he had written out as an affirmation. So I love that you, that's how you have your goals written out. And I, I agree 1000% too, with just, if you could help individuals see their potential to lay down all of your beliefs about that money's bad. I for sure have had to work on that myself and, and I'm seeing the, the good results of laying down some of those beliefs about money and just being able to have that belief, those beliefs just, you know, reprogrammed into our minds. I, I love that. That is my goals too. And, um, yeah, I just, I loved everything that you said and I agree with you so much. And, oh, I feel like you're doing already a great job of helping others to see that too. And I'm so grateful for your work and your example that you are helping others for sure. Thanks, Annalise. Thank you very, very much. I, I appreciate that. I, I made a really good friend um, out in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he's the author of the book, The Go-Giver. Um, I don't know if anybody has ever read that book. Um, and I hope Bob listens to this. Bob Berg is the author. He's He's an exceptional human, uh, truly. Uh, he's a, he's a, a an excellent business mind, which is great, but he's also just an incredible human being. And one of the things that he teaches in that book, The Go-Giver, is something called the law of reciprocity, which it's one of my favorite words in the English language, mm-hmm. reciprocity, because of, not only does it sound cool, it means, the, the, the meaning behind it is just incredible. It's this whole idea that when we give, we get back. Um, and it's it's a very natural thing. It's actually uh, it's it's super cool. And I I'm I'm somebody that believes in God. And so whether the listeners we have here believe in God or believe in the universe, natural laws actually exhibit the law of reciprocity. And what I mean by that, and this I want to go back to this idea that giving is really good, whether it's time or energy or money or whatever it is. Things always 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 come back. It's really interesting. Like we have we look at a tree. And then we look at human beings and our symbiotic relationship between these two things because we breathe out, we give CO2 and they breathe that in. It's what gives them life. It's very, very interesting. They live on CO2 and they breathe that in and then they give us oxygen, which we live on, right? And so it's this amazing principle that God or the universe teaches us about giving and receiving and how important both of those things are. So a lot of times people just think, oh, we need to give, give, give. But it's also just as important to learn how to receive because it's just as vital to living as giving. And it's interesting if somebody were to, you know, hold their breath for a long, long time, they would die, right? It's a very, very natural process. It's a law of nature biologically to give and to receive the law of reciprocity. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And that's why people need to understand money is a wonderful thing. It is not bad at all to make a lot of it, to have a lot of it, to give a lot of it, and to do a lot of good things with it. Um, so I love that, Annalise. Thank you very, very much. Um, okay, maybe a couple more questions here. Uh, this has been awesome. I, I always feel grateful to chat with you. You're changing people's lives. And so it's just a huge, huge gift to, you know, to, to, to know people like you and to see the effect that you're having on the world. I think it's wonderful. Um, how, how do you define happiness and how do you measure it? Mm. Um, I define happiness by just, I mean, it's like, I feel like I keep just going back to the thoughts, like just feeling um, the joy, joyful thoughts and 
like you were saying, like giving and gratitude and um, love. I feel like if I have all of those things, like that to me is happiness. And so, um, so I feel like when I'm in that state and I'm feeling aligned with love and giving and gratitude, that's when I feel the most happiness and joy. Um, what was your second question? Sorry. You're just fine. So how do you, how do you measure happiness? Mm, how do I measure it? Um, Yeah, I feel like I just like the alignment, like when I feel in line with uh, my purpose and all of those things, I feel like that's how I measure it is just feeling like I'm in alignment with love and with God and with peace and joy that feels that feels like how I measure it. I really, really like that. I think that's that's amazing. Um. Thank you. Uh, the late Clayton Christensen, who was also an incredible business mind uh, that we had, unfortunately, he, he passed away a couple years ago, but um, he wrote a book called How Will You Measure Your Life? And a lot of people base success strictly on money. This is why I like to ask this question, uh, because while money is kind of a, um, it's something that can help us exponentialize the return that we get in life from invested time, right? We can give it away and more can come back. I don't think at all that it makes someone happy, not in any way. I think, and that's kind of his point too. There's these people that study investment banking and finance and they go to Wall Street and they're working, you know, well over 100 hour work, uh, work weeks and, you know, they end up divorced and they don't spend time with their families. And they, a lot of people say, oh, you're so successful, right? You must be so happy. And mm -hmm. I just don't think that's what happiness is, right? The idea of happiness to me, I think really stems from feeling purpose, feeling fulfilled, feeling like I'm making a difference in somebody's life, feel, feeling like the world is going to be a better place because of some small thing that I did. You know, uh, Stephen Covey, uh, wonderful individual as well, you know, he, he explains in his book, The Seven Habits for Highly Effective People, that we need to begin with the end in mind. And that's often something that I ruminate on. It's one of the thoughts that consumes my brain of, what do I want the end to look like for me, right? Like when I am on my deathbed, what will, what will that be like? You know, what, what is it that people will have said about Roger Comstock, you know? And I definitely don't want it to be, wow, that guy loved money, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or wow, he just, it's all he cared about. No, I want it to be more focused on he loved people. He, he cared about me. You know, I want when me and my sweetie, we don't have kids yet, but we're looking forward to that. That'll be great. And those little kids that I have eventually, you know, I want them to be able to, uh, you know, excuse me, um, you know, spend, spend time w with me and, and think, wow, my, my dad made time for me. You know, he never missed yeah. a ball game. He never missed a dance class. He was there, you know, and my sweetheart, you know, I want her to be able to know that I just loved her, that I was obsessed with her. And those things are really, really kind of how I measure happiness. I, I think about what that looks like. And it's very, it's a, it's a very, uh, an intentional thought. Um, and it's, it's, it's super fun to, um, kind of think about those things and let them kind of move from our, our minds down into our hearts and to let them kind of become a part of who we are. Um, yes, I love that. 
And I love in the book, like he has you write like your obituary, like he has you sit down and say like, what would you want somebody to say about you? And I have that, I have that saved onto my computer and, and I do like to go back every once in a while just to make sure like, am I living this life that I, I am wanting to live? And like you said, that intention and just, those are the things that truly matter the most. And um, and it's the way that you, you show up in the world and that you make others feel. And I, I love that so much. I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I'm really, really glad that, uh, you talked about writing things down. Uh, people, people need to understand what a ginormous impact recording thoughts does for us mentally. It's, it's like, um, it's usually not a super fun thing to do, uh, but neither are the things that really matter most anyway. Like most things that matter at all usually require some sort of effort or sacrifice. And I think a lot of people, you know, getting up every morning and going to the gym, that's a challenging thing for a lot of people. But once it becomes a habit, it's something that you get addicted to. You love it because you understand what the results are and what the outcomes are. And it's something that affects not just your the, the physical outcomes, but the way that you you think too, because you're you're disciplined, right? And and discipline is always something that works so much better than motivation, because motivation is fleeting. There's times you like again, like what you were talking about at the beginning. It's like, oh, I feel so good about this, but then another time you may feel like I don't want to do this at all. But if somebody chooses to apply discipline, then they can do things even when they don't want to do them. And writing down something is just as powerful as going to the gym for us mentally. A lot of times we think, I don't want to write something down. It'll take too long or it's just not worth the effort. But it is worth the effort. And it is something that is that provides exceptional results, uh, really great results. Because people, again, kind of they, they just don't understand the programmatic effect that it has on the way that they think. And if they can write something down, it becomes embedded into their subconscious, especially if it's repeated multiple times. Um, that's why it's so important, I think, to um, at least, if not write down, at least think about multiple times what you are grateful for. You know, writing it down is even better. But because it keeps our minds in a really, really great state of recognizing good things, which is awesome. So I'm really, really grateful that you mentioned how important it was to not just think about what that's going to be like, but to write them down. I think it's uh, really, really cool. Um, maybe last question here. Uh, well, actually, no, I want to maybe two more. I'm sorry. This has been awesome. Um, oh, I want to ask you this. This is so great, Annalisa. Thank you. Uh, when, when everyone else sees, you know, potential problems, this is a major problem we have right now. Um, right? When everyone else sees potential problems in the market, economically, or in the world in general, right? what do you do to find opportunities and to see it different? Yes, I, I love this. So one of my favorite thoughts is options and solutions are coming my way. And so often we like to think, I don't know, like, I don't know what I would, I don't know how to do this, or I don't know what to do, whatever. Whenever we think that thought, we are just like putting a halt to our brain. Like your brain now is thinking like, okay, I don't know what to do. And it's not creative problem solving. And so having the thought options and solutions are coming my way opens your mind up to seeing those opportunities and those solutions. So if you are struggling to find a job or whatever it is, if you have the thought options and solutions are coming my way, you're going to allow, you know, whether it's like the universe or just letting your mind be creative, you're going to allow um, those options and solutions to come your way. So that's one of my favorite thoughts to think whenever I, um, 
whenever I'm feeling stuck, like there are, um, there are no options or solutions, just switching that thought in my mind. Cause like you were saying earlier, we live in a time when there is so much abundance, abundance of money, abundance of opportunities, abundance of growth. Like, you know, a hundred years ago, who could have fathomed all of the things that we have accomplished as a human species today and a hundred years in the future, like what else are we going to be able to accomplish? And so just opening your mind to all of those creative possibilities and solutions. Um, you mentioned the book earlier, Think and Grow Rich and how that is all about your mindset. And he talks about like imagination and just allowing your brain to be creative, to have that imagination, to come up with the different solutions. So that is like one of my favorite favorite thoughts to have. I love that. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate that. Um, let, let's, uh, this last question here, um, I'm excited to hear your answer. Uh, if you could be remembered for one thing, right? So, because time goes quick, right? So we're, we're all young. Uh, we're still young, which is great. But what I'm realizing is that time goes very, very quickly. Um, it, it seems like, uh, you know, I just, uh, years go by like weeks, you know, and so it's odd. And so when, when time has expired, you know, hopefully long time in the future for you, what do you want to be, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? Um, unconditional love. I feel like if I could just be unconditional love and I, and I still am, you know, always trying to work on that, that would be the ultimate goal is to be unconditional love that when people were around me, if they just knew that I loved them and that they were loved and that they were worthy and that they were enough, um, that would be my number one thing. I would, I would love that. So. Thank you. Well, I think you're already on that path uh, to making that happen. And so this has just been absolutely wonderful. I appreciate you so much for coming on the show today and thanks for uh, investing some time here in, in helping other people and making their lives uh, better and, uh, and more meaningful, but uh, really, oh. really appreciate you, Annalise. Oh, it has been so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for you, Roger. You are just the ultimate example of goodness and love and just you're doing amazing things to help people. And I feel like since you've joined our, your, our family, you have just like helped all of us to just want to take it to the next level of being better human beings. And that's the impact that you have with people that are around you. They see that goodness and want to want to emulate it as well. So I'm so grateful for you, brother. You're awesome. Uh, thank you. Well, love you all so much. And we will see you all in, uh, in Florida in a couple weeks. Yes, that will be so fun. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you.